Hi, I'm Ryan. And I'm Steve, and this is 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. Our first ad is a delicious treat yeah, this from was, Josh Fitzgerald. This is uh, a custom demented clown Epiphone SG. Brand new customized SG, professionally finished and weathered by Luthier. Demented clown look. Uh, and then Ryan to screen grab the rest of the description. Oh, there it is. I'm, I'm gonna... Sounds great. Solid construction. Weathered for an authentic, demented look and feel. Strong satin finish and weathering black chrome underneath hardware. I'm going to lay out a new rule for custom stuff. It's not custom unless the manufacturer is the uh, organization that did the customization. How do you feel about that? This is a this is a modified Epiphone SG. This is not a custom Epiphone SG. I feel like the only difference between modified and custom is how well it was done. But I'm saying, like, I don't think it's custom unless the person who built the guitar did it. This is, you could call this a customization. But it's not a custom guitar. It's a stock guitar with customization. But what I'm saying is if this was well done. No. No, I think it would. So no. think, think about like. I'm thinking about it. I disagree already. <laughs> so, okay. So if. Yes. Unless. What if it's just done? Okay. Would it have to be done with. So I suppose this would this would caveat for like if it's done with the manufacturer's permission. So okay, that's getting into the weeds, dude. Is it? No, I'm saying so. Like so, Fender commissions Banksy to do a bunch of work. Are those modified Fenders? But that's still coming from the manufacturer. Right, right, right. It's so being done saying. through so the manufacturer. I'm saying so. The artist is doing the work. It's being done before it hits retail. Right. Okay. This was done after. This is a modification. I think it depends on how many and how well. Obviously, this is just thrown in a lake. No, my new rule works. It's not a custom unless the manufacturer did it or the builder. That's the rule. So anyways, this guitar is uh, insane in the membrane. That's a wrong band to reference. They don't do clown stuff. What's, a good, what's a good clown. ICP reference? For this guitar. Um, I only know one ICP reference. And it's about magnets. Yeah. This has well, it's got magnets in it. How do pickups work? How do pick <laughs> It's a miracle. It's a miracle. I yeah, I got nothing. Oh, I they they ask, are you down with the clown? That's what uh juggalos say. Juggaloos. They ask you if you're down with the clown. Say. I'd say this guitar is down with the clown. I, I'm gonna you know what? There's parts of this guitar that I'm honestly really fond of. Like which ones? I like the the black and white like Beetlejuice striped neck. Yeah, that's fun. I think that's cool. But I also really like the look of like the Zach Wild right. Les Paul. That's what I was gonna say. Like it's a fun look. So what I was looking up right now to see if I could. I break just wish it, it didn't can't. say Zach Wild on it. Um, I would, and, and people didn't know who Zach Wild was. Zach Wild I would. It? I would play it? a Zach Wild Les Paul. Where does it say Zach Wild? On if it? there wasn't an association with Zach Wild, and I don't dislike Zach Wild. It's just such a strong association, and I'm not really a huge fan or anything like that. So I don't want people to be like, "Oh, he's a Zach Wild fan." I just want. I just want a stripey guitar. I just want that black and white bullseye guitar I going on. I think it only. I guess it says it on the inlay. But everyone knows when they see it that that's a Zach Wilde guitar. Well, I they think know that's only people who know who Zach Wilde is know Right, that. but that's everyone I care about. Uh, I need Ryan, I needed, friends, not a fan of Zach Wilde, but friends with many people who are. No, no, like, they're, no, like people in our community know who Zach Wilde is. People in like the the people who care about guitars Do you think community. People, okay, like in that community, I was like thinking of our actual. Like, I need validation I from of our, our audience, physical community. I'm like, I don't think any of our friends know who Zach Wild is. Our friends who are guitar centric probably do. Steve is cracking a Coors this week. No Steve drink. I forbade it. I don't know why that turned out great. 
last Everyone week was a disaster. It. Go you watch know, last week. If you Steve, loved episode 286, leave a comment. Steve went to slow-mo mode thanks to his, uh, what did we call it? Uh, Some, somebody a had, Joko. Somebody called it a um, so queasy. So queasy. It was Soko and but then, tequila. But somebody else said, said, isn't that just a, isn't that just a Long Island iced tea? So in anyways, I like the neon orange polka dots too. I don't. I would play that. Well, I think the problem is is all of is this guitar is also trying to lean in very hard on the demented. Right. It's got a horror. So it's clown like thing it's a, yeah, it's the horror clown. I would take this. Uh, I would I would love a neon orange polka dot guitar that was clean. But then this is also like a bummer because isn't this just the Bozo, the clown icon with the eyes blacked out? It's similar to that. I was getting like the It clown vibe because there's there's like a little stamp of a clown head on yeah, the headstock. Yeah. I'm a little bummed out by like the dripping stain look around the tuners because they're going... When the guitar is hanging vertical, it's my art rule there. Like I'd want them to be yeah, going horizontal you when wanted, you're playing. It. I don't know if it would make sense if it like visually, it would. It'd be kind of awkward. This is one of the few times when like the heavy relicking going on along these knobs actually makes sense, because you just imagine right. like a demented clown with claws, like monster hands, like just going at the knobs and scraping up. All the paint on the body. You like this way more than I, like, I thought you were going yeah, to like it. I like it more than I thought I was going to like it. When it popped up on the group, I was like, oh, that sucks. And then the more I looked at it, the more I was into it. I mean, I guess it makes sense that you would like the neon orange on white dots. And that I would like the stripes. I'm a stripey guy. I like stripes. Oh, I got my custom your, cable your here. 50-50 is a, a fix to your board. I was going to pull up and be like, orange, oh, yeah, like orange and white. white. I don't know. I would orange and white. I'd be just fine recreating parts of this guitar. There's a lot of things I would not do. Like they did like a really bad like purple paint job this on a your, lot of the this stuff. This is your uh, your next paint pen paint pen Mustang. Hey, don't tempt me. I've got that Harley Benton Mustang up there that is white. Ooh, I could attack that with some orange spray paint. That one? No, it's upstairs right now. That's a that's a Firefly. Oh, right, right, right. I've got the Harley Benton offset Mustang upstairs. Oh, that that massacre. Yes, I forgot about that. The question is like, do you, could I church this? Is this a churchable guitar? If I do it my way, if I clean up the concept, if you did it your way, I think it is. If you don't put a put a clown icon on it, because then I it's think, just a polka dot and white guitar. You church, right. you church the Mustang when it was ice cream. That's true. I do love that candy striped neck though. That's so much fun. I just worry if I did it, like it would just be sticky spray paint. Yeah, you really have to do that kind of neck uh, thing. You really have to do right, and you have to make sure you like. You're gonna have to take the time to like finish, yeah. coat like clear coat, sand clear coat sand. This like, guitar sure just really even. gotta feel like a disaster, right? Well, like I mean, touching this thing has to make you want to take a shower. That's definitely the look, but like, I can't really tell. The neck looks kind of mangled in the one picture we have. That's like the full picture of the back. But what's one of the things that is kind of interesting is the texture of the guitar in the places where there isn't obvious texture damage looks really clean. It looks pretty flat. Like it looks like it's a proper, it looks like a proper relicking. Which isn't, which in terms of, like, I'd never call this a natural relic. I'll say I'm not that. saying it's a natural relic. I'm saying like, if you sent, if you were like to call up Dana Caster and we're like, hey, I have an SG, I'm gonna send it to you. I want you to give it like the swamp treatment for like a like you do for a Fender style heavy relic. Uh-huh. Like, I'm not gonna say it's gonna come back looking like this, but it, I feel like I've seen I've seen worse relics on production guitars. I'm saying I'm saying yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like this looks like it's could. At least some of it, it's not a the- all of it. It's a thematic relic, that's for sure. Yeah. There's even relicing around the control plate. Like, is the story here that we're supposed to get from that is that the clown was constantly going to the control plate to make modifications? The clown did not like, have a screw- like finger grime around the control plate. Like, I gotta, I gotta get in there and drop in a, a, an out of phase option. Oh, I gotta change pickups again. 
I'm the creepy clown who just loves diving into my guitar and modifying things. I mean, it does have EMGs. Which, he's always getting there to change the battery. <laughs> he just leaves it unplugged. He's walking around with it all night long trying to scare kids. Are you scared of clowns, Steve? Do you have any clown fear? Not like innately. But like, I mean, you'd be nor- like scared the normal amount that someone would be scared if like a creepy clown was like chasing you in the dark. Yeah, but I would also be scared of anyone else who anyone. was yeah. being creepy chasing me in the dark. I'm saying like I don't have the... You know, you're not creeped out by regular clowns. I'm saying like if I go to Chuck E. Cheese and so, or if I went to like a kid party, sure, and somebody had a clown, I want to be like, "What the hell, kid parent? What are you doing? Yeah, Why did you, you bring know, this clown? You know that I'm afraid of clowns. Why would you invite this to your kid's birthday party if you knew that I was coming? Yeah, I don't think I've ever been. I don't know if these are EMGs. Afraid of clowns? No, they're probably some sort of knockoff. But, um, like, there are people who are, like, innately, like, they have this yeah. innate, like, fear of clowns, which is probably just because, like, well, con- have you ever listened to podcasts about clown culture? Like, no, about, I like, have not, about, like, the deve- And I, from that question, I can tell that you have. Yeah, several. Well, it's just, like, several. the development of the, uh, of the clown in the American psyche and, like, how the clown has moved from, like, a sad... Like, clowns are originally really sad. Like they, right, were, they were tragic characters. They were, like, sad clowns and, like, over-the-top, like, ridiculous happy clowns. Right. And that was it. And somewhere, uh, I guess, probably with, like, is it was it Ed, Ed Gein? I don't know who that is whoever, or where you're going. Whoever, like, there was a serial killer who was a clown. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, he was a clown in his spare time and that, or, like, as his weekend job or whatever right right and then that started like the whole spiral into like clowns are scary clown clowns are scary i'm sure there were people who thought clowns were scary before that just because they're like hyperactive and in your face and you can't really read you know human emotion from them yeah and you know anybody who's that happy must be hiding a deep dark secret they are secretly like horrific monsters that live in the sewer it's the same reason I'm afraid of 47-year-old divorced women who have had too many Botox injections. You just can't tell what they're thinking. Steve. Those women are doing the best they can. Leave them well, out of this conversation about clowns. They're paying for the best they can, at least. <laughs> wow. Jeez, Steve. How many listeners did we just lose? All of them, I hope. We don't deserve listeners after that. All right, what else is on this? $700. How are we still talking about this stupid guitar? No, for $700, I'm going to say bye, bye, bye. No way. Uh, If this was local for $300. For real? I might. I might. Dude. I might. What? How much do you think this is worth, like, brand new? It's probably $250, $300. That's what I'm saying. This is a $250. If I'm going to get an Epiphone SG. This is the one. <laughs> like this might this might be one of the nicer like SG models. Like it's at least because it's a bolt on or it's a it's a set neck, so it's at least like a, a SG studio, like G four hundred studio, um, possibly higher or like a similar. I mean, grade the model. modifications made to this change the value in no way. I mean, they increase the value in no way. For most people, they it dec- decreases For the, the value. For the majority of people, this guitar does not go from a $300 guitar to a $700 guitar. No. This guitar goes from a $300 guitar to a $70 guitar. I was thinking $175. let us be generous. Uh. There are clowns out there who want this. So you don't... I could see if you said like I would if this was local for, for seventy five for seventy five dollars I'd be out the door to get yeah this. even if you would have said like okay if this was local for like one hundred and seventy five dollars I'd be like really on the fence I'd be like okay cool but when you said three hundo I'm like bro no for three hundred I'd be thinking about it I'd be looking at it and maybe I'd be making some low ball at three offers. at three hundo who's who's really drinking the Steve drinks. <laughs> Oh man, that that guitar would go great with Steve drinks. Your your drinks are the equivalent of this guitar. Oh my gosh, my drinks are just standard restaurant mixed drinks without the di- di- diluent. But the dilutant, yeah, diluent. Is it diluent or dilutant? It depends. I think it depends on whether or not you say it right, Steve. No, diluent is a word. 
I never heard it before. Well, you don't work in the sciences. That's true. I don't work in the sciences. Thanks for pointing that out. So what's new, Steve? You got anything new? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I listed a pedal on reverb and sold it the same day to one of our listeners. <laughs> That's uh, the way to do it. Which man. I have not had had a chance to ship yet. I uh, ship my stuff. I mean, Neg- hopefully by the time this airs, it will be shipped. I mean, you didn't sell it through reverb. No, no. You I did sold it, it yeah. offline. Um, because I posted a link to it. So it's the Earthquaker white light that I got from the Wheel of Pedals. Uh-huh. Um, and I think, so I sold, I can't remember if this is the second or the third pedal from the Wheel of Pedals that I've sold. I want to hear from the listeners in the comments section, wherever you are. If Steve and I sell stuff, and you know it's stuff that we've demoed, you understand, right, that we're not selling it because it's bad or anything. You understand that we do have to sell stuff to make room in our lives on the shelves, right? Like I just want to make sure that that's clear. Yeah, because people have found my oh, reverb, really re- my reverb shop, and I just it, they, no one ever says anything, but I feel weird about it. Like I don't want like the people who send us stuff to demo to be like, oh, they're just going to sell well, it because we're ca- not that kind of demo channel. In anyway. the case of like the white light, like I, I mean, that was on the wheel of the pedals. Yeah, but I I I sold some stuff recently that was demo stuff. Right. Right. It's like, I can't keep everything. It just, I can't. Yeah, I mean, you want to, but like at I the end of the day, to. like how many tremolos do you need? All right. I, yeah. How many, how many, how many you know, need? light overdrives, light right. medium gain how overdrives do you need? How many fuzzes do I need? Oh, that's a, I, drowning in fuzzes right I don't now. think I've sold my uh, gear supply company harmonic tremolo yet. But that's limited edition now. I know. I got to think hard about that one. Maybe yeah. I, that's a one. niche market for that. Make a, make a joke that, could get us an actual issues that I don't want to get into. Don't get us an issue, Steve. Not, um, not legal problems. It's just a poor taste. Yeah. It's a poor taste joke. This is the part where you involving ask. Involving children. Are you done with your what's new? Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm gonna, hopefully for, by the time this airs, I'll have it shipped out. Oh, yeah. I sold it to Will LaHue of the uh, Just Surprise Me podcast. Oh, good. Go listen to uh, Just so Surprise Me. Cool. Uh, hopefully he gives us a return shout out. Yeah. Or he'll be like, that bastard took like five days to ship my pedal that i feel just, like that's ambitious for you i know <laughs> ah, ah, i mean usually when i sell stuff on reverb it ships right away well you want that five star yeah but in this case like whatever yeah who cares right sorry will zero stars um so what's new with you ryan uh i went busking oh, a yeah? week or so ago where i uh down in pb I had the itch. The kids went to bed at a reasonable time. I'd been thinking about putting together a little rig to busk. Yeah. So I put um, the mini katana uh-huh. on my board, on my uh, my battery board, the Nomad. Mm-hmm. And then I threw that Zoom pedal that I got, uh, the MS-50. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the multi-effect. The multi-effect thing. I threw that on there for various effects. I'm figuring out how to use it. I need to do a video of that thing because it's actually pretty fuck wild. Use that word again. Uh, And then I I hauled it all down to PB. I took the gold single-cut Firefly with me. Right. And I got to say it was a pretty wild experience. I haven't busked in like 15 years. Was that also the last time you were in PB at night? I've driven through there. I've done stuff down there. But I'm saying like... By hanging out on the street. Yeah. Yeah. I, and by at night, I mean like after 9 right. o'clock. Like 11 o'clock, midnight. Yeah, yeah totally. Not just like... Because like... I mean, it's still... I, I go to dinner and PB like on a fairly regular basis. But you're out of there but by But I'm nine. out of there by like Because you nine. got kids. No, it's, it's still the same thing down there. The clubs just have changed their name and changed their look yeah. to be, you know, what is the modern I don't modern think that now. sunglass place is there anymore. It is. Oh, it is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, yeah, I was, I like pulled all my gear out. Uh huh. I was walking around, and first of all, like the change from 15 years ago, and my gear is totally different. Like 15 years ago, I had two 15 watt practice amps <laughs> right. on a dolly, being powered by a car, uh, battery. a car battery. Now I just had the Katana Mini mm-hmm. running off this little Zoom pedal, running off a pedal board, right. And it's just completely lightweight and small and whatever. And totally not like this huge whatever. obnoxious thing. And then I'm just like kind of walking around. I'm looking for a good spot. Like 
there's people in my spots that I would normally take already. There's like a hot dog cart in a spot that I usually would have done 15 oh, years man. ago. And so I grabbed this spot that's kind of like in between two big clubs down there. Yeah. Like right, right near their alley. Okay. And I start playing. I start jamming. I don't have any big like aspirations for this. I just wanted to like check it out and test out my rig and kind how of much, like. How much money did you make off Sublime? <laughs> I didn't even play Sublime. Ah, here, you got to play is, Sublime. That's is, the money maker. I didn't even sing. I just kind of jammed. Right. I didn't feel like blowing up my voice or wrecking myself like I used to back in the day because mm-hmm. I just, just used to throw my full body into it and just like throw, throw this ridiculous okay. show. Uh, but I'm standing there jamming, like actually super quiet from this little mini katana across from a club that's way louder than me with their windows closed. Right. Like the bouncer from the club comes over. He's like, hey, bro, I got to ask you to move down because you can't do this here. I was like, hold on. I'm on the sidewalk. You don't own the sidewalk. That's okay. public space. Yeah. He's like, no, bro, I got to ask you to move. Like this whole like big like fronting thing going on. So already I'm having a great time because I'm in confrontation mode with a bouncer. <laughs> <laughs> That's where you're like, excuse me, sir. I'm a professional YouTuber. <laughs> I, I eat trolls like you for breakfast. <laughs> so no, I, I was, is this a troll, sir? Are you a, a troll? troll? So he's, I, I hold my ground, and I'm like, I know my rights. I know that I have First Amendment rights here. I'm on public property. This First is the, Amendment rights? You know, no, like if you go on to like busking groups and stuff like that, people are all about it right, right. now. Right. They're crazy for this. Uh, and like, I'm fine. Whatever happens, I'm fine with. So, yeah, I'm just going to stay here. And he, he's like, oh, okay, I hope that works out for you, man. And he like walks away in a huff. And I'm sitting there playing for like 30 minutes or whatever, and different people from the club, like different like security people, keep walking out on the balcony and like give me this look, like, "Oh, it's coming! <laughs> oh, it's coming <laughs> for you! You are gonna get it!" Because no, no one in this club can hear me. I'm right. not. I'm not gathering a cla- a crowd or anything like that. I'm not causing a disservice. I'm outside, like quietly jamming to a loop. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. threw down a, a pedal to be a looper. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> and then finally. This cop SUV rolls up on me, and the guy comes out. He's like, hey, man, I got to ask you to move up the street. Like, you can't be out in front of the clubs and stuff like that. I was like, and I get into it with him. Like, well, point, like, where am I? What are the rules? I want to talk about the rules. I haven't been out here for 15 years. Yeah. I want to know exactly what the rules are. And he's, like, trying to sidestep that whole thing. Right. He's and like, like uh, well, the- here's the thing and this and that. I just, can I get you to move up there and we can have the conversation up there? I was like, well, I, as far as I'm aware, I'm on public property. Like, what is the issue? This and that. And the guy started getting upset. And I could tell he was getting upset. He didn't want to deal with someone like me. To be him, I'm, to him, I'm the troll. Right, right. And it's not like I'm actually protecting any sort of, like, financial interest. I made $2 that night, that whole night. <laughs> wow so, i know but i was you would have like, made more money just doing a youtube dude next time you go down we got a youtube live exactly you'll make some real money exactly but anyways i just was just curious i wanted to find out yeah, yeah. what the story was and so eventually i was like okay i'm gonna go up there but you got to come talk to me i want to finish this conversation he's like okay okay we'll do that so then i go up to the spot that he wanted me to go to and there was a homeless dude already there with like this curious george monkey out panhandling with that and he's like, what? dude, dude, you don't take my spot. Don't take my spot. I'm like, oh it's going to be okay. I'm just going to talk to someone. Then I'm going to move on. He's just going to move. He wanted you to go up there. So he had a reason to roll that homeless dude. Yeah, and then the cop shows up and he's oh. just really short with me. He was just happy to have me moved. And then he took off. And then I talked to the homeless guy for a while and he was cool with me. And then I went and hung out a different spot. It was a bummer of a spot because oh, there was no foot traffic there. And uh, I got... I got a couple of like the classic experiences that right. I loved from doing busking 15 years ago. Like the super, super drunk guy who comes up and just is like livid that I'm not paying, playing Pink Floyd at every moment of my life. Just like Pink Floyd. Do busking Pink people Floyd. play Pink Floyd ever? They shouldn't because that's a bummer thing to play. I mean, you can just play the chorus to Wish You Were Here over and over again. Um. The and only the only extreme drunk guy experience was the dude who really wanted some Dylan. We made twenty bucks off of a guy who wanted some Dylan. I was like, I know some social distortion. <laughs> I know a social D cover of Dylan. Yeah, but I had a couple fun little interactions with party people of the night. 
my interactions with the uh, law enforcement and the bouncers were fun. Uh, uh, something that the law that the cops said. What do I want to call him? Law enforcer. Was he enforcing any laws? I don't know. But anyways, something he said is that the bars have a legal responsibility to keep the sidewalk in front clear and safe. And I was like, I get that, but that's their responsibility. Why are you doing it? I didn't say that to him in the moment because I could already tell that he was super agitated. Right. And I well, didn't that's want to probably like it's, my luck. it's their responsibility to tell people to move. And if they don't move, then they have to escalate. But then I was asking the cop. I was like, so if I'm not standing in front of those clubs, I'm fine, right? He's like, yeah, you're, you're fine. So if I'm walking back and forth in front of those clubs, I'm fine, right? He's like, yeah, you're fine. <laughs> As like, And also there's a thing like apparently you can't be amplified if you're busking, oh. which is BS. Because my little thing is about as loud as, like, any Bluetooth speaker. Right, right. But I'm like, and I told the guy, I was like, listen, if I come down here with an acoustic guitar, I promise you I will be louder than this. Yeah. And he gave a little chuckle to that. So, <laughs> uh, Other than that, outside of my busking experience, it was probably ill-advised and not really fruitful at all. Well, other I, than having I a know, story. like, a few years ago, there was, like, I say a few years ago, this was, like, maybe 12 years ago. That they started, uh, they were like trying to get all buskers to like register with the city for permits. That's for Balboa Park. It's only for Balboa. Like that only, whole situation's messed up. I know they were talking about ex- like having that for like anywhere in the city. Yeah, that's, so it was like that including downtown and uh, PV for Balboa Park. They make you go like at six a.m. a.m. Go down to a county office on a Saturday morning. Right. And get your permit for the no, weekend. You have to file for a lottery. Then you have to wait around for a couple hours to see if you Jeez. got picked in the lottery. And then if you get picked, then you have a busking permit. That's nuts. It's bananas. It's not Especially worth since doing. like so many of the buskers in Balboa Park specifically are kids. Yeah. They're like kids who are like, I've been playing violin for five years and I just want to pay for more violin lessons. Yeah. That's no, crazy. It's, it's over the top. My favorite Besides, like, the, the Bob Dylan drunk person is uh, the people who... I remember one dude specifically, which might be the same night as the Bob Dylan guy. Because uh, I only went, like, three or four times. Sure. Um, where he, like, walks by at one point And he's, like, walking by with his girl. And his girl wants to, like, stop him, like, listen to music that's not in a club. But he just, like, I don't know. He just wanted to go. So he's, like, trying to pull her away the whole time. He's, like, just being all gruffy and be like, come on. Babe, come on. Come on, let's go. These guys suck. Come on, let's go. Oh, these guys. And, and like, dudes would walk by all night and be like, oh, these guys suck. Um, We did suck. And then then I remember, like, she was, like, seemed really sad that he was dragging her away. And then literally, like, five minutes later, he, he walked back by. And dropped like a 10 spot. I was like, okay, cool. Like, apparently your girl like talked you into something. And I was definitely convinced. And people told me like, oh, you know, everyone's just agitated down there. But I was definitely convinced that at least some of the guys who would walk by and be like, oh, you guys suck, losers, whatever. Were really just pissed that they dropped like 60 bucks on drinks in the bar for like rando, oh, sure. for like rando girls and got no attention. Everyone down there, but, all the guys down there are like aggro and on the but edge. But like we would just like, be there. Yeah. Like the at least like two of the times I went I was down there with with you guys like not just girls, like people who were just into music and mellow. Yeah, yeah. A lot of which were like let's be honest, they were like were women would just like stop and kind of like chill out for like a few minutes and kind of like it's like a very, it's like, oh, I'm, there's music that I can dance to, but it's like very low, like a much lower stress environment than yeah, yeah. in the club. And I, I always, it's a good like chill out thing. I always just thought like a lot of those guys were just mad that like they spent all this money, but like literally the women were paying us <laughs> to keep playing music. Uh, maybe. So basically there's three reasons why I'm probably never going to do it again. Uh, one, I don't want to hustle that hard. I don't want to do what it physically takes to actually make money. How late is, were you out? Which is until midnight or something. Oh, that's why you didn't make I any know. money. Well, the, good, another, the good money's at one forty-five. That's another thing too. But I don't, I don't want to put the physical effort into yeah. singing and breaking my back, 
doing the show that needs to happen to actually make money. Two, people don't carry cash anymore. That's true. I'd have to put up a sign like, here's my Venmo. Oh, dude, that'd be sick. But then most people don't stop for long enough to do that. You know? Yeah. Three, because technically I'm not supposed to be amplified while I'm doing it, I've lost all interest. <laughs> I want it is. to be an excuse to put a rig together. Well, I mean, you've, it seems like you put a rig together that worked. Like, yeah. So, I mean, you can't. Well, I, I don't want to go down there. Like, and, I don't want to go down there and play acoustic. That's just right. not what I want to do. You should just you know? put that rig together and then go rent a booth at the swap meet. You know what? The hot dog guy was playing music. He was playing music. He was amplified. I I have, Here's what I need to do. I need to sell hot dogs. There you go. There we go. You probably just need to not play music that sucks, and then you won't get rolled by the cops. <laughs> All right. Yeah, the co- that's why the cops rolled me, because I sucked. Um, before uh, we get into sponsors, I want to mention real quick uh, someone who sponsored my NAM okay. uh, content, uh, John Cusack of oh, yeah. Cusack Music and Mojo Hand, and a behind-the-scenes guy with a lot of uh, various uh, builders in the industry. He does a lot of manufacturing stuff behind the scenes. Uh, he's got a pedal called the Park Theater pedal right now through Mojo Hand. It's a reverb exclusive, and all of the profits from it, from what I understand, go to help restore uh, the Park Theater in Holland, Minnesota. He's in Minnesota, Ho- right? Holland, Michigan. Holland, Michigan. Sorry. Uh, I knew it was MI. Um, so anyways, uh, this is a, from what I understand, an independent all-ages venue uh, that does a lot of community stuff. The building next door to them got torn down, and that building was holding up one of the yeah, walls. Yeah, so uh, this is a pedal. It's it's Mojo Hands, Mojo Hand Effects first DSP based pedal. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's uh, the park was a long history as a theater going back to the late 1800s. So if this was in San Diego, this would definitely be a historic it's spot. A his- yeah, um, but it's been a nonprofit venue for local and touring musicians for the past 20 years. They do an open mic every Tuesday night. For uh, other lo- for local musicians, he says. Uh, I mean, this sounds like the sort of place we would go to. Yeah, he says uh, we value this place highly since it's the only place of its type around the area, and both Mojo Hand and Cusack Music have long been supporters of the park. Uh, lately, the park is coming to some urgent repair needs on its outer wall, which were further revealed when a building next to it was tore down. So they need like fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they have this. John Cusack made a, this Mojo Hand pedal called the Park Theater. It's a. Um, Reverb delay combo. Well, I can tell you what exactly what it is exactly because I played it. Oh, you played it. I played it. I played it. At Summer Nam. It's, it's go it's, on. I'm reading the thing here because I sure. didn't know how much you could recall. Like over half the range of the echo control, you have like this slapback doubling thing. Yeah, and it's like a double control in one with that knob. Where you, the more you turn it up, the longer the repeats get, and the more repeats you get. So mm-hmm. like you turn it down, and you're in slapback. You turn it up, you're in ambient. It's got this like lush ambient reverb going on. Uh, and then I forget what the third knob does. Show me a picture of it real quick. Echo space and mix. Oh, mix, obviously mix. There you go. So this is a really great pedal that straddles the line between, uh, like your kind of classic vintage, like slapbacky rockabilly yeah. sort of stuff. And, and, and just like over the top, like ambient washed out. And reverb apparently time it is a literal, Hall reverb, uh, yeah. because like that the the, tu- the tuning of the of the pedal is to emulate the sound inside this theater. Nice, and it's it's dirt cheap, guys. It's like one twenty five, yeah. something like that. So they're doing one twenty five. Fifty dollars from each pedal sold goes to uh, the this fund for the theater. But one of the things that they've done that's kind of cool is um, this is on reverb. It does have the make offer option oh, turned on. Yeah. So any offer above $125 will goes extra. be $50 plus that extra to yeah. uh, the Park Theater uh, Restoration nonprofit. Yeah. So go check that out. Uh, let's talk about our uh, regular sponsor now. Yeah, our sponsor now. A um, little bit sponsor now. A little is, bit sponsor now. Oh my gosh, A little is, more sponsor now. A little more sponsor now. <laughs> is Chase Bliss Audio. Yes. Uh, they make pedals more creative than you are. Yeah, and uh, we got called out uh, recently because uh, one of our because we've been doing Chase Bliss sponsor spots, naming all the different kinds of effects they make, but they don't actually make a flange anymore. Oh, they don't make the flange. Uh, apparently, it is currently that out was of the production. Specter, right? The Specter. Hmm. Uh, so we were told stop mentioning it. 
not by Chase Bliss because they're wonderful and they would never do this, but by a user saying that when you buy it, when people are buying Spectres, they're not supporting Chase Bliss. I mean, that's kind of true, but I think Joel and the rest of the crew at Chase Bliss appreciate people uh, continuing to appreciate out of print, yeah, out of circulation pedals and keeping them uh, played and playable. But they do have a tremolo. Mm-hmm. They do have multiple delays of choruses. various types. I mean, all Reaver, the pedals can be chorus. choruses. Um, They've got the mood. They've got the reverb with the dark world. I've been using the mood live. Oh, yeah? I, I actually like use it, like, a lot. I was, I'm surprised how much I use it. It's not here in the room right now because it's on my board. Ah. Yeah. All sorts of pedals. Go check them out. Uh, lots of options. If you're looking for basically the most versatile... I won't even say like the most versatile compact pedal for any type. It's kind of most of the Chase Bliss stuff is straight up the most versatile pedal in its class. Yeah, they're nuts. They're bananas. I mean, you go watch any demo, any demo of a Chase Bliss pedal. And halfway through, you're going to be like, I don't know. This is a lot. There's a lot going on yeah. here. It's a lot. Chase Bliss pedals are a lot. Chase Bliss pedals. They make pedals more creative than you are. All right topic yeah this next topic is uh we're gonna go back a little bit we're, we're gonna rewind the time machine here rewind. and talk about something that's old news uh we're gonna talk about the gibson response to the firebird x destruction yeah you might remember two weeks ago three weeks ago yeah I don't this know. guy put out a video of hundreds of some Maybe people estimated close to 400 guitars. Really? That many? Trogli said 371. Wow. I'm going to say 400 guitars. A Firebird X's by Gibson being run over by an excavator. I got corrected so many times on my video that I that call, it wasn't a backhoe. That it wasn't a backhoe or backloader. It's an excavator. And some people got more What's specific. What's the difference? I don't know. Like offhand, I don't, I don't know. I'm I sure. played, when I was a kid, I played with dinosaur toys. I didn't play with construction toys. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So anyways, uh, you keep talking. I'm going to learn what the difference is. Oh, gee, that's a good use of your time, Steve, on this show. Please learn about excavators. Excavator versus backhoe. Here we go. So anyways, uh, the the very next day after this video comes out and it's making its way around the Internet, uh, Gibson emails out a press release. Wait, this has an excavator backhoe. Guys, how does that chill work? out about the excavators? Who cares? People knew what I was talking about. They could see it in the video. Um, oh, okay. So a backhoe is small and an excavator is big. That's the difference. So it's like the difference between, between a ship and a boat. Yeah. Boats go on ships. Pretty much. Yeah. It's, so if it's like, if it's got, if it's got like truck, giant truck tires on it, it's a backhoe. If it's, if it's got, got treads, treads, it's an excavator. All right. All right. Unless it's one of those like weird little... What are those things We're called? We're an excavator podcast now, apparently. So anyways, next day, Gibson puts out a press release addressing what was going on in the video. Uh, the Firebird X destruction video that surfaced months ago. Did, did it surface months ago? Maybe it did, and like it just finally like made its way into you know, um, the memosphere. Uh, well, no, so, so he had done a... some So this, this channel, they, they're, they're a destruction company. Right, a demolition. They're company. a demolition company, so they had been hired to blow up the Gibson. Not blow up, but just demol- to demolish. To at least an internal demolition of the Gibson Memphis factory space. Right, and uh, so they had actually put out a couple videos like a month before of them just going to the building and pulling down like the Gibson signage and all of that stuff. Yeah, but yeah. this specific, I think this video and another video that were released like a couple days later were. Um, were like new at the time. Like at the time that we were yeah. seeing it, it had only been up for like a, a day or two. So anyways, uh, was an isolated, isolated batch of Firebird X models built in 2009, 2011, which were unsalvageable and damaged with unsafe components. This isolated group of Firebird X models oh, were unable an to excavator be... excavator can rotate 360 degrees. Okay. Were unable to be donated for any purpose and were destroyed accordingly. And also, they tag on a bit about you know the the, uh, the Gibson Foundation, the charitable giving that they give of giving Which guitars. They've been pushing the Gibson children. Foundation really hard post uh, post play authentic. Sure, sure. Like this has been a guys. Big thing. Like we're, we're not, not we're not really dicks. 
We look promise. At, look we, at our foundation that we restarted. We're, we're, we promise we're not fully evil. Here's the thing. And that's great. It's great that they're giving guitars to yeah. kids and education stuff and whatnot. But what I want to talk about is just how dangerous were these Firebird X's? <laughs> like they say they, have, they had to destroy them because they had dangerous components. They were unsalvageable and damaged with unsafe components. And I get, I get them saying, like, even if they were like, oh, these were in a basement and they got too moist or something like that, yeah. we're not going to donate these to anyone. They got the black mold. They could have said black well, mold. And the flip side of this is, like, a lot of people are saying, like, well, you know, a, a damaged guitar is better than no guitar, whatever, whatever. But the reality is, is, like, so one from like a what do they call it uh lot from a like a loss prevention or whatever like a sure a legal cost standpoint like there is something where you're basically if you're claiming an insurance loss you have to destroy it for a lot of these corporate contracts um and the other side of it is okay so say like you are gibson and you donate like 50 firebirds to a local charity and then those 50 firebirds go to 50 kids and then five years down the road that, like these kids are like they all quit, so now these guitars are going to end up back on the market, which is a right. this is this whole like situation, and people people are going not going to say, people are not going to say, oh man, I played this guitar and I picked it up from some kid who got it for free because it was damaged, and what a nice thing for Gibson to do to this kid. Right, the kid's going to put it up for whatever he thinks it's worth because maybe he doesn't know it's like. Uh, part of this unsalvageable well, whatever group. Well, in this group. long-winded story, eventually it's going to end up in someone's hands and they're going to be like, Gibson guitars suck. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. So the other thing is, what unsafe components could pause, like, there's just such a not unspecificity. I mean, any guitar is unsafe if you give it to the wrong person. I mean, some people would say that I'm unsafe with a guitar. <laughs> The way I play them, the things I do to them. Oh, my gosh. Um, the only thing on these guitars that I can imagine, like, potentially could be unsafe mm-hmm. is that... Um, these had the uh, the tuners, right? The robo-tuners? I believe these had robo-tuners. So if there was, like, a lithium battery in there, maybe? Yeah. But if there was a lithium battery situation going on, they wouldn't have been running these over with an excavator. Right, because that would have could have punctured them and caused all kinds of crazy fires. Right? I mean, I, maybe I, I guess I don't know. It seems counterintuitive to the hazard. Other than that, what hazard is there in these guitars? Other than maybe black mold. But if there was black mold, they should have said our guitars are moldy. Yeah, you gotta get rid yeah. of these moldy guitars. I don't know. I can't. I literally can't figure out the unsafe component parts. If they just said unsalvageable and damaged. Yeah, that's enough. I guess like a lot of people are like, well, you should have taken the time to, you know, remove all the hardware. But the flip side of that is like, like you said, it's, this is about 400 guitars. If you were to say, okay, there's a man hour aspect. What is actually salvageable here? Also, a lot of the components of these guitars, which is part of the reason they were so popular is a lot of the components, Components were specific to this guitar and part of a whole yeah. freaking system, yeah. whole like computer board oh, in yeah. there and Jeez. ridiculous like wiring and switching and stuff like that. So you can't just be like, oh, we grabbed a bunch of pickups and pots. That's not well, the way it works. And with these again, guitars. like you said, even if you did, like, I don't know what they pay their technicians, but I, I just, you know, when the option is, hey, you can destroy all these guitars and call it a tax write off. Or you can pay a technician however long it takes to disassemble like all of the hardware. Because not only are you going to have to disassemble, you have to disassemble and segregate. Yeah, yeah. Like you're going to have to, you know, you don't want to put your tuners with your pickups. Right. You got to put them in boxes for someone else to deal with later. Yeah. In a, in a warehouse that you don't have anymore because you closed your factory. Right, right. No, I get it. There's a big hassle with these. You know, they're not actually worth the price tag they were trying to get for them because no one would buy them. Yeah, everything is worth what people will pay, and no one was paying for. If this happened, like with any other guitar brand, I think we people just. I think there'd be a little bit of a stink because people are always, you know, there are always going to be that segment. Like, I mean, Gibson does have this history. We threw dumb stuff that we threw two ninety nine dollar guitars off of bridges, and people freaked out like we were 
tire slashing children, the yeah. Mona Lisa. You know, yeah, that's right. We slashed the tires on the Mona Lisa, the Pope Mobile, <laughs> slashing the tires on the Pope Mobile. Um, that is a super rich thief thing to do. It's too, it's too bad we don't do titles anymore because that would be a great title. <laughs> I'll, I'll work it in there. Um, anyway, um, you know, so no matter what brand, like a video like this surfaces, people are going to freak out. Sure. But because of all of the other controversy with Gibson and the fact that people have generally felt like Gibson is out of touch with their consumer base for years. Like this was just gasoline on the fire. Sure. This video starts to go off. The guy, did you watch the, uh, the interview he did? Uh, the one he did with, um, with, uh, guitar. Yes. Yeah. Guitologist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I didn't watch it. I listened to it. Right. So the phone uh, interview, apparently he went on that and basically said like that he was doing it and like, he didn't think it would take off or whatever. Right. I don't really fully understand like what and he said he was like a fan of Gibson and sure. that he wanted them to do well. Uh, so I don't really know like where he what he thought was going to happen. Well, I th- the, the crazy thing is like like two days after all this, he takes down the excavator video. Yeah. And he puts up another video of like ES335s being. Like cut to pieces. Yeah, and those didn't have their hardware on them. And that's a more, right. and what he was doing with those is a more standard, like what you would expect. Right. But then, like, unsellable. That whole other thing aside, the day after that, his whole channel is down. Yeah. And I'm still sitting around wondering, like, did Gibson shut him down? Did they file a thing with YouTube? Did they write him a check? Did they be like, were they like, hey, you signed this contract with your demolition company? You can't be posting this stuff. Right. Like, what did, did what they happened? be like? Did they be like? And um, can it like come over to us? Can is Gibson gonna come over to channels like ours or channels you, like, I think because Phil you Mc, did the re- react video. Phil McKnight did one. We're just I, gonna I, get sued of, by the Fine Brothers. A, a fun a, a, ton, a fun ton of people covered this video. A fun are, ton. Are we all gonna get cease and desisties from Gibson over? What's the it? difference between a fun ton and an unfun ton? I mean, it depends on whether it's got tires or treads and, or can do a, a full 360. Full 360. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the 335 video seemed like a more conventional takedown, but the whole thing was just weird. Um, it definitely is not the kind of thing that like a PR firm wants to have. One thing that was kind of called out on one of our videos recently on a few weeks ago uh, that ties into this is, do you remember that Martin that we had? The Martin that were oh, with the, like a bunch the of hammer holes, the holes in it. So a few people have said like that's actually a standard procedure that Martin does. Yeah. If they have a if they have like a guitar that's not even good enough to be a factory second, so someone they will take a claw hammer and like smash the top. Or maybe like a guitar like that might go out to like a guitar center or whatever, yeah. and then guitar center gets it and goes, oh, there's a crack in the top out of the box or whatever. And so Martin, yeah. I think I think in those, some of those cases uh, with dealers, Martin will just say, okay smash the top, send us a picture of it with the serial number, and then, like, marker all of that out and then just throw it away. Yeah. And we'll send you a new one. Like, we just need the photo of it. Because they're like, don't return it to us because then you're wasting shipping and you're never going to repair this thing. That's that kind of situation. We just make new ones. So the fact that, like, people are aware that, like, acoustic guitar companies do this. Yeah. Like, this is a... I I don't want... This was, like... It's a normal business thing. This just seemed over the top. It was more controversial because it's Gibson. It's over the top because, yeah, this guy could should have just been throwing these into, like, a wood chipper. Maybe yeah. you can't do a wood chipper because there's metal no, parts. No, just like one of those industrial uh, uh, shredders. Throw it into they, a... But throw cars into Throw it, it into a trash compactor, like a like yeah. a baler. Yeah. That'll take your arm clean off. But, Steve, it's got dangerous components. That's true. That's true. They had to be, they had to be dispatched in a way... That is in accordance with the nature of those dangerous components. Run it over with a with an excavator. Excavator, it's a backhoe. It's a backhoe. A back excavator. It's a back and a front hoe. I don't care. Come at me. Let's go on to this next ad. Why are we talking about hoes so much? We're we're long winded on this one. I know, but I feel like I'm talking really not fast. Even, I'm not even Steve drinking. I feel like this is the fastest I've ever talked in my entire life. It's pretty fast. It's pretty up. This there. is fast talking, guys. Oh my god! Shut <laughs> this up. was sent to us by Craig Breslin. Yeah, this is a unique Strat 
parts caster in Wellwyn Garden City, wherever the hell that is. It's in the UK. This is a parts caster, a full body size track guitar covered in brass pins to give it the unique scale finish. The guitar plays well. I've gigged it and always attracts interest. I would keep it, but I'm not really a Strat fan. Rosewood neck, 21 frets. Welcome to come and try. 160 this, pounds, that's so very heavy. heavy. Nice. Um, <laughs> so that I think that's probably like around 200, 250. Yeah, I think that's overpriced for this. For a parts guitar. Covered in brass. It kind of looks like a pangolin. But I will say of all the wackadoodle like crazy finishes that we've seen over the years. I like this one. I think this is fun. I think it's not going to be fun when those start falling out. Hopefully they're glued in a little bit or something. Yeah. Well, uh, aren't, I feel like the tops, if you're taking this into like clubs and playing shows and whatever, eventually like it doesn't matter if it's glued on, the caps are just all going to Here's the thing, off, like right? eventually, well, no, because these are the ones where like the, the pin is welded to the cap. Yeah, but I'm saying like that's the thinnest point. So if the wood, if the pin is submerged into the body, if they're in there, it's going to be fine. Like the cap is going to, you don't think? No, the cap I think it's going to rust off. I think there's some some difficulties with this concept on the edges, like you see around the heel and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, like the the pins just don't overlap anymore. But on the flat surfaces, I think it looks really cool, and I imagine that it probably doesn't feel awful. Like, there are worse finishes out there as far as feel goes. Like, that freaking, like, Rhino Liner guitar that we saw oh, one yeah. time. Yeah. And the, uh, the gun-painted one we saw last week. The clown one from this week. Those guitars are going to feel awful. My thought on this one is, like, if you're playing it and your shirt just happens to, like, yeah. hike up at all, you're going to, like, snag some, snag some gut hair I around see, those pins. I want to see that guy that makes guitars out of jawbreakers and stuff tackle this concept and do it in a cleaner way. Well, all you have to do is like, so if you took an affinity strap body, covered it in brass pins, and then coated that in like that's gonna get a small amount of like a, a like some kind of like resin. No, you really gotta load on the resin to cover this up. And yeah, well, that's why you use an affinity body because they're thinner. Another Buckwild thought about this guitar. I know. Everything's Buckwild like, like with that. you. Okay, another. What's a new phrase for me? A new, new catchphrase. Another know, tubular man. option for this guitar. Well, like another thought on it is like if you get this and do all the work to remove the pins, yeah. this guitar is going to look bananas. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. going to be like just full of tiny little holes like evenly spaced out over the that entire guitar. That just sounds like a nightmare. But it might kind of look cool too. It's going to be tenderized. What if it sounds so good once you tenderize a Strat like that? You gotta really break up the fibers if you want that good, good oh tone. My God. <laughs> oh All man! All right, this week's next sponsor is Diderio. Uh, we're talking about the Diderio Dual Lock Strap Locking System right here, right here. These are really cool. They're like four, three or four bucks. Um, they're just a hard plastic part that clips on. You put your strap on. You clip this on over. The strap pin. It's got a little slot here. You can run your uh, cable through it. Yeah. You've, you've used these I've live, used them. right? They're great. Uh, I love the little loop that your your cable can go through. It actually puts your cable in a more ideal position yeah. against your guitar uh, as it loops out of the uh, the plug down to the floor. Like I'm always feeling like I'm damaging my cable when I right. wrap it through, right. the, cable, through the, the strap and whatnot. They're super easy and quick to put on and off. They're lightweight. They're strong. It's a no-brainer. They're cheap. Yeah, you could buy like a set of these for every single guitar that you own and you probably really like need, not even be out 50 bucks. You really only need one set though. It's one of those things. I'm know? lazy. I want duplicates. That's why I own two tuners. Right, right. It's like, you know, you could do the Grolsch thing, the rubber washer, yeah. but it doesn't have the little cable holder. It's got a cable holder. These all fit on uh, most yeah. uh, most strap pins. It's like 99% of strap pins. So it, we happen to find the 1% here. I, on one of the cheap guitars. But anyways, uh, someone asked me to do a video showing the installation of all these different yeah. Fidario, uh Well, I think clips. mostly just the universal. This but. one will take the fastest. Like, literally. You know what? The other strap will go faster. But this will still be like. <laughs> the strap that has no installation? Yeah, the, 
these will be like 10 seconds each. Yeah. Like yeah. they're super quick. The other one is like four seconds each. And then like the screw in one, of course, that's going to take like a minute or whatever. So anyways, I think we could, we should skip the last topic. You want to skip the last and just topic do the and last just add and get out of here. All right, let's do it. This, uh, well, we got to do some housekeeping. Let's housekeep it. You know what? Yeah, no, let's, I'm going to do the short version of housekeeping. We'll do shout outs next week. Um, Housekeeping, if you want to support the show, head on over to patreon.com slash 60cyclehum. You can uh, contribute to the show at any level, $1, $5, $10, $100, $1,000. We don't care, whatever. It's up we to don't you. care. If you donated a million dollars, we would be apathetic. We would not care. Yeah, lots of other ways Try to us. support the show. You can send us songs uh, you want to play, us to play on the show that you made, 60cyclehumcast at gmail.com. Just lots of options. But if you do decide to donate financially, like it goes to build this stuff back here. Uh, to get cabinetry, to send Ryan on various trips, and sometimes to buy equipment that we need. Buy equipment, yeah. Equipment's a good one. Yeah, I, I just bought a, a monitor that uh, that showed up today. I'm going to hook it up to our camera so we can check focus and things like that, yeah. and it's going to make demos. So easier. we, you know, everything that goes into the show stays, you know, to help produce the show. Exactly. So anyway, this last ad was sent is uh, sent by Eric Filsinger, and this is a Schaller tremolo. I, did, I had never seen these before. Yeah. This is, uh, when I first saw it, I actually thought this was just a switch for a tremolo system. I didn't realize that it was an effect. Yeah. I didn't realize that there were effects that were not fuzz that went back this far, too. It's, yeah. it's, a 19, it's made in the 60s. I didn't know there were tremolo pedals that far back. I just assumed I mean, all, it makes sense. all tremolos were in amps back then. Right. Um, I, I didn't realize that there was a solid state version of a tremolo pedal yeah. a pedal at all in the 60s i don't know the year i'm assuming late 60s so one of the interesting things that i found about this pedal just trying to learn more about it is the um the oscillator was uh ended up influencing the caroline parabola oh no way a tremolo which is a super rad puddle uh i i have one and it's great i love it I love this case too. Um, now this pedal is on Reaver for one hundred eighty five dollars, but we found it at Guitar Center for a hundred bucks. So and maybe like that I'm, one doesn't come with the box. I might need to get one. It's a trip, man. You it's should. On, they're not expensive. Nope. For a vintage pedal, maybe they don't work super good or something. I'm sure you got to like put a battery in it. But I bet I could. No, no. It's a. It's got a power cable. What? It's oh, it a, has a cable. It's got a built in uh, wall cable. They're not expensive. I wonder if I could mod it to take nine volts. Probably doesn't take nine volts. If you'd it takes a cable, a it takes down. one. Yeah, it's one twenty off a wall. You'd have you'd have to modify it to like use an IC. But I've got plugs on the back of the power on my my Walrus Phoenix. There you go. I wonder if it doesn't play well with modern stuff. I don't know. A lot of people seem like they're like a. It's a classic analog. It's got the range from like Diarmin to, or for like a Fender to Diarmin range. It's, it's got a, a very speed classic. switch. So Dude, there was two- a guy back in 2013 that sold one of these for forty five dollars plus shipping plus PayPal. I gotta have it just to hold it and look at it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get one of these. Hit up that, hit up that Guitar Center. And I, it's got a Frequenz knob. Freak, no, you Frequenzi. 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 Jeez, they're getting creative with well, this it, thing. Well, it's Deutsch, so it's Frequency Deutsch. <laughs> Frequency Deutsch. No, dude, the Schaller. Oh, okay. Sorry, this isn't a this isn't a TR sixty eight. This is a TR three sixteen, so it's a little different. Uh, look where at the location. Where do I see that on here? La Mesa. This is lo- the the ninety nine dollar one. Is local. All right, I'll go get it. Jeez, I gotta get it before you publish this episode. So I know. Someone doesn't snipe it. It'll be Aaron Abubo. <laughs> no, it'll be Co. It'll be Co. And then he'll try to flip it to you. I bet we got people up in North County. They could go grab that for ninety nine bucks. I bet I could flip it. It's just a cool. I didn't know there were non fuzz pedals that old. I just realized and that cheap. I just realized who's selling. This TR sixty eight. I know that I happen to know the seller. Oh, <laughs> we happen to be friends with the seller. Right, right. Anyway, um, so yeah, I, this is a really like cool old looking thing. Here's what I'm gonna do. 
I'm going to buy this. I'm going to decide if it's good. If it's good, I'm going to buy a bunch of them. Then I'm going to drive call, the price up. No, then I'm going to call up Josh Scott. I'm like, hey, Josh, you got to cover this on your little YouTube thing. Mm. Then it's going to drive the price up. Yeah. Next step, last step, profit. There we go. I got, the, I got it figured out. All right, we ready to get out of here? Yeah, let's do this thing. All right, uh, this week's song was sent by uh, Kenny Gregg, who's an old friend of ours, moved out of town. An IRL friend. An IRL friend. Yeah. Uh, So he says, uh, hey, if you have some time, please take a moment and listen to my new album. It's called Slave. Uh, He says, it's very near and dear to me dealing with the racial interactions I've had with people here in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, It's raw, intentionally uncomfortable, and retells a slave's tale in a new way. It's a space rock opera that tells of Shaka, a free man taken from his home in futuristic Africa as he endures three different forms of slavery. So this song we're going to play is uh, called Free Man. I got to hear this it's, thing. Uh, it's the second single, and it features Kudos. But yeah. I think it's another uh, It's an artist. So I have listened to it. It's actually like really cool. It's really strong. Remember when, when um, he just killed it at our Christmas album party? Yeah, yeah he's like a super great live performer. I would yeah. definitely... Say if you are anywhere near Birmingham to be, I know he plays like, I don't know how regularly, uh, but look fairly up. regularly. And I will have the link and everything as well for, for him in the show notes. So go check it out. This song is really cool. I'm, uh, I'm actually really, really stoked when it showed up yeah. and I actually hit him up. I was like, this seems really near and dear. Are you sure? Like you want us to play this? He's like, yeah, dude, like that's, nice. that's why I sent it. So, um, uh, enjoy. Bye everybody. Stay, Stay grounded. grounded.